Welcome to the Coach Speak Podcast, presented by Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Steve Medford, the show where we talk coaching with some of the best in the business. In this episode, host Bill Roseberry sits down with Alton Mayor David Goins. This episode of Coach Speak starts in 20 seconds. To win in sports, you must focus on your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. I'm Steve Medford, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, and I can help. Call 498-8523. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. All right, we're back here on Coach Speak, and on this edition we have a guy who's done quite a bit around here. I mean, and, uh, it all started with athletics, though. That's that's where all the success started. Started in basketball, so we're going to talk about that and how that helped mold him on his career. And my guest today is Mayor David Goins. Thank you, you for having me. No problem. Yeah. I mean, we're going back. You know, you're going to be the keynote speaker at the Gallatin Player of the Year Banquet on March 20th at um, Best Western Premier Hotel here in Alton. And you are a former winner of that award. 1978 Alton High School Player of the Year. Wow. Talking about full circle, you know. And and honestly, I was thinking about this. Because I was wondering if I ever been to one since I won in 1978. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, I've said, you know what? I don't think I've been back to one. I've been invited. And the one time I was invited, it was like a, a anniversary or something several years ago. And I just completely forgot about it. <laughs> it I hate to say that. but Unfortunately, we haven't had... A banquet since 2019 because yeah. of COVID, yeah. uh, we had to cancel 2020 and 2021. So we've given out awards because we wanted to keep that award going. So technically, this is the 77th year of the award, but it will be the 75th banquet. Right. So, and we really wanted to do this one up good. Um, we're bringing back a lot of former players, and that's you know we we talked about you know getting. A former player. I mean, there's been other former players that have spoken at at the banquet. Uh, Kavon Lacey spoke several years ago. Um, Katie Broadway spoke after she won from Civic Memorial, and then Dick Erzin, the guy who won the first award in 1946, spoke. I want to say would have been 2016. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's still alive. I don't think he's going to be able to make it back this time. But we're starting to compile a list of former players that are going to come back that night and get recognized. So, you know, and you'll you'll be, you know, right there with some, maybe some familiar faces that you've seen from from back then in basketball and from before you. So Yeah. Yeah. So, uh I mean, have you thought much about your basketball career, knowing that you're going to be doing this? Well, I, I, you know, I think about it a lot. It was a good memory. High school basketball was, you know, so much fun. Um, nowadays, the games are like during the week and maybe a game on a Friday, but our games were always on Friday nights and mm-hmm. Saturday nights, okay. you know, and an occasional game on Tuesday. Uh, like right before the holiday or something like that. But for the most part, 
all of our games were on Friday night and Saturday nights. And so that was just the thing to do. Even before I started playing basketball at Alton High, you know, going to West Junior Gym was the thing to do on a Friday night and a Saturday night, especially when there was right. back-to-back home games. And I used to sit there, you know, and as a junior high basketball player, just admiring and just like those guys were like, they they were large, even though they were just high school students, to us they were larger than life. And, and so just sitting out there just thinking about dreaming about one day being able to, it was like a rite of passage to be able to play on that court at, at West Junior High School. Did, did you get a chance, I mean, this award in particular, was it exciting to you? Because, I mean, you probably watched some of the guys that won before you, like Leon Huff or, or Lafayette Collins or Ron Caldwell. And then yeah. obviously um, um, Leroy yeah. Stampley you'd played with. He'd won it the year before, I think you did, or a couple he, years before. He won it in 76. Right. Uh, yeah, Brad 76. Scheider won it in 77. Correct. And then I won it in 78, so it was kind of a back-back. And I think Joy Washburn might have won it. He won it in 80. Yeah, in 80. But I thought – Remember, I don't I – I thought he won it in 79 me. and 80. I thought Troy got it back No, he to just back. got okay. it one year. Just so, one year. Um, but uh, – but yeah, so it was you know it was always exciting trying to keep that Alton flow going, you know. But uh, yeah, I remember playing with Brad. He got it, and then the next year, my senior year, I I, I won. I got it, and you know that that was that was exciting. I was the Telegraph scoring champion, the Alton Telegraph scoring champion that year as well. And you know that was just a recognition. There was no award but normally that person who is the scoring champion in that telegraph area normally gets the Calton award yeah you know it it was the alton exchange club player of the year award so right yeah yeah i mean um so i was hopeful (laughs) yeah i mean so that was that was 78 talk about some of those those earlier teams because obviously you got to play with with um leroy who's the only Alton High basketball player ever to be drafted yeah. in the NBA. He didn't play, but he got drafted by the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I guess you were you a, a sophomore his senior year? Yeah, I, I, I was a sophomore. And sophomore back then was like a freshman right. today right. because ninth grade was still in junior high school. And so coming up as a sophomore, um, I was just – one of a few players that actually got a chance to practice every day with the varsity squad and uh, and being on the, you know, and, and getting to play JV and being on that team, I mean, being on that basketball team and, and playing with those guys, you know, it was, uh, I remember Gary, I think Gary Jeffries, Brad Scheider, uh, Leroy, um, and I was trying to think who else it was. I can't think off the top of my head. But just 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 playing with those guys uh, really, you know, it made you have to elevate your game even as a sophomore because because you know these guys were you know Leroy was good right and uh, and and then you know I remember I remember just watching him my junior you know my 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 ninth grade year watching him play and then thinking you know God next year I'm gonna be in the same gym with this guy you know and. Uh, <laughs> 
So it was that was that was a pretty that was pretty special to get to play with and practice and then sit and watch him play. I was as a sophomore, I I uh, rode the bench a lot. Right. Got in on mop up, but that was you know, but that was okay too. Now, did you did you go to the gym and watch some of those other guys that I mentioned, like a Lafayette Collins, Ron Caldwell, and did you see them growing up a little bit? Well, Lafayette, they were older than you. Lafayette was probably the first one because I think I was probably like in seventh grade. Uh, I followed it in. I followed basketball in the newspapers, and I always read. I read mm-hmm. about the about you know Leon Huff. He was little, oh, he was in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, late and, 60s. Uh, late sixties, and I was probably a little. I, you know, in elementary school at that time. Mm-hmm. But I, I still re- recall, you know, uh, I have a picture in my mind. It was one of the high towers. I don't know if it was Calvin or Clarence, but he was laying face down on the floor after losing, you know, one of the playoff, you know, you know, playoff games, you know, and I kind of followed. But, the, but, yeah, the actual first player that I actually watched, I think when I got on the seventh grade or eighth grade basketball team, was going to watch Lafayette Collins, and that was uh, <laughs> that was something. He was something to watch. And like you said, at that point in time, Alton basketball, especially back then, I think it still is to an extent now too. But it's a rite of passage. You see yeah. those guys, and you want to be able to do the things yeah. on the court that they can, don't you? Yeah, and you know, and actually, the guy that I admired more than anything, he was kind of, and I don't. I, it was just. Cause he was such a great jumper, and uh, he was a champion high jumper. But his name was Willie Huff. Mm-hmm. Willie, you know, didn't get any accolades or anything, but man, the guy could shoot. I mean, he could jump, and it was just like he was a, somebody I just kind of like, just kind of emulated, you know, a lot, you know, because because he was taller, you know, kind of like me. Lafayette was more of a guard, but I, I really. He, you know, he played with you know Willie. You know, mm-hmm. Lafayette and, right. and Willie were on the same. same. That was Willie. Was that Leon's little brother? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, I've heard stories about him too. What a good player yeah. he was. What a good athlete he was. So, um, and then uh, talk about I mean back to back regional champions at that point. I mean, uh, that's a pretty good little run too. I mean, uh, that had to have been exciting to get those regional championships back yeah back yeah it was it was so disappointing i think our my sophomore year with leroy because we didn't win that i don't believe we won that regional mm-hmm. and 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 the thing about it is we we played Edwardsville three times that year <laughs> and the first the first time we played them it was in it was, it was a miraculous comeback. And uh, Robert Hightower, he put a – he threw a, a half-court hook shot at the, you know, at the bu- at buzzer beater, and we won that game. Oh, wow. And then like, – like I remember like yesterday. <laughs> and then they came to our gym, you know, for the second conference game, and we – Blew him out. Uh, Steve Porter gave us the nickname that year. After that game, called it, we were called the State Street Stringers <laughs> because we beat Edwardsville. I think one twelve to seventy eight. I mean, it was just a wow. blowout. So we're going into that regional championship game like, yeah, we got this. 
and we didn't. Yeah, that's so, the problem. Yeah. Those are those are those life lessons that you learn early on, right? Yeah. To not get too too big headed going yeah. into things, isn't it? And so yeah, but so then be able to bounce back and win it. My you know my my junior my junior year, it was funny. I have I have a stat in my head. I don't know if you like. Okay, it was like I had such a good shooting two games that 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 year. I I scored nineteen points the first game and I scored twenty three points, and I remember looking at the stats for. Both those games combined, I was 19 for 23. <laughs> and, it was, and it was so funny. I was like, I was, for those two games, I was 19 for 23, and I ended up scoring 19 one game and 23 the next. So that was that was, that was <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I was I was like, wow. Now, did you, you play for McPherson? Yes. Yeah. What was it like playing for him? I've I didn't meet him. I'm way younger, yeah. but I've heard he was. He was pretty intense. Yeah, he was an intense coach. He was kind of more like, you know, God rest his soul, was a great, great man. He was more like a Bobby Knight type of coach. You That's know, what he, I heard, yeah. And uh, he, yeah, he would get into you, but, boy, I tell you what, you play, he had you ready to play. He had you ready to play, and um, it's unfortunate the things that happened my junior year, you know, that uh, I was really looking forward to playing for him my senior year. Um because it was kind of like once you became that that you, when you were that guy for 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 Coach Mac, you know you got you know Leroy got special treatment, <laughs> you know, you know Maurice Wood and all, all those guys, the Nallies back in the day, you saw them; they was getting that special treatment. So I was like, oh my junior year, I'm gonna be the senior, and I you know I'll probably be that standout guy. So hopefully I could, you know, be that get be that guy too, and. Well, things you know, things didn't things didn't work out, and he ended up stepping down or got fired. I don't remember which one it so was. So, senior year played for Macafus. Then was that his first year? Yeah, wow. Macafus was my first year. Yeah, you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so he was heck, still coaching when I was in school. I graduated yeah. his last year. I graduated from Alton High in 1994. Yeah, and that was his last year as head yeah. coach there. Mm-hmm. So, so I was his. Yeah, I was. We were. Wow. My senior year was his first year coaching. Wow. Yeah. So now um, talk about, like I said, you, you win the, ex- the Exchange Club Player of the Year. Um, do you remember who anything about the, the banquet that year, who the speaker was or anything like that? Or? No, I, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I actually had a scrapbook where it showed. Uh, and I was, I was kind of, I hate to tell this story because I don't want people to think, you know, when you, when you know, uh, my <laughs> And uh, my grandmother was wanting me to like wear a suit that night, and I was thinking I'm not gonna wear a suit. Well, you gotta wear a suit. I said it don't matter, Granny. I said I think I'm gonna get them. You know, I'm gonna be the player of the year. So it don't matter what I got on. You know, so it's like. <laughs> but anyway, I remember that I had a scrapbook and I put together uh, all the, all the clippings and the photographs and everything. And that and it got it got damaged in a flood. You know, my when our basement kind of flooded because of rain. Oh, no. And so, but one of the things that I always said I was going to do was I was going to go back to the library and go through all the microfiche and just make copies and rebuild that that scrapbook. That's kind of like on my bucket list because I want to leave something for my grandkids, you know. Yeah. To say, this is what your granddad did, you know, so. Well, you know, like you're going to be the speaker now. 
I don't know if you knew this, but you know who the very first seven the 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 first Exchange Club Bank what was 1946. It was in the spring. NBA didn't start up till the fall of 46. So the bank was older than the NBA. Yeah. Do you do you know who the first speaker was? I don't know if was that was uh, was that Ed McCauley? No, it was Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor. That's right. Converse it was Chuck All-Stars Taylor. It was, was Chuck Taylor. Yeah, yes. ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I was thinking by Easy Ed McCauley. I was. Thinking, I know he played. I don't know if he ever spoke there or not. Maybe yeah. back in the day. I don't yeah. know. It was easier to get guys like that yeah. back then. I think than it is now. I know I dealt with the, you know the um, the KC Hall banquet for football, which is no longer going on. I don't believe, but they they used to get Dan Deerdorf used to come over. Right, and speak, I remember that. Those guys. I remember. Did you play football too? No, I didn't play football. Yeah. But yeah, they had. You know, they'd get guys like that, and then by the time the Rams were here, if the Rams sent somebody over, it was somebody off the practice squad or something. It just, it just got so different as yeah. time went on. Dan Deerwolf would come over and and uh, and speak for a pitcher of beer and a fire, fried chicken dinner. He didn't even charge him any money. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Just times have changed with that. So, so anyway, now you you uh, you graduate and you go down to the College of the Ozarks in in uh, Clarksville, Arkansas. And Steve Porter wanted me to ask you because he said there was a person who was kind of um, very, uh, very helpful in getting you there. Yes, um, it was Virgil Fletcher. Right. Yeah. Virgil Fletcher. He. Um, I, I I remember. It was these. It was a. It was the sectional game, playing against uh, Collinsville. And it was actually supposed to be somewhere else, but because something happened, they moved it back to West that night. And uh, we we had gotten plastered by them both times. I mean, we got. I mean, I'm still scarred from this to this <laughs> day from the shellacking we got from that Kevin Stallings led team. And uh, they had three All Staters: Kevin Stallings, John Bella Bradick, and uh, Steve Ray. They finished, wound up getting third in the state that year. But anyway, after after the game was over, uh, I was we just walking out of the gymnasium, and, and and the guys were there. I knew Kevin since seventh grade, so we had, you know, just chit chatting. And and uh, I remember Coach Fletcher going up to me, asking me, he said, "Well, going, you got any idea where you're going to go play college at?" And I was like, "No, no, not really. I didn't really." didn't you know and so it wasn't you know when you I was a jump shooter um had a nice jump shot and was you know just so it wasn't like heavily recruited I had uh, a college looking at me Central Methodist University was look, look was looking at me actually there was a crazy story that I if I got time I, I want to share because it was like the craziest story ever but um, anyway, just keep on the thread of a virtual. So I didn't, um, I, I didn't want to go to that Central Methodist. It was down in Columbia, where University of Missouri was, but I, okay. did, I didn't want to go there. And so I was kind of thinking, well, I can, you know, maybe just go out to Lewis and Clark and play, you know, a couple years. Um, back then, they 
they gave you know had it had a bad nickname, but I'm not going to say on the radio. <laughs> um, so, but one day I got a phone call from uh, from a coach from the college. His name was Jack Holly. He was coach of the College of the Ozarks, and he called me and said he wanted to offer me a scholarship. He said, I, you know, and we called it back then. We called it a blind scholarship because he hadn't seen me play. Right. And so I was like, okay. And it's like, so then he told me it was, uh, he said, Virgil Fletcher gave me a call. Because there was another kid from Collinsville at the College of the Ozarks at that time, too. So he had kind of a connection with Coach. Okay. And so he said, well, Virgil Fletcher gave me your name, said you was a good, pretty good ball player. So I'll take Virgil's word for it, and, and I'm willing to offer you a scholarship. And so... I mean that that you know that that meant the world to me. So I remember, you know, fast forwarding, and uh, my son was playing uh, for Alton High, and was in a sectional game in Collinsville, and I was sitting there, and I actually happened to see Virgil and his wife sitting across, you know, on the Collinsville side. So right. at halftime, I went all the way across, you know, to him, and uh, you know, because I wanted to thank him. I didn't know if he would know me, but he remembered my name and everything. Oh, wow. yeah, I remember you, David. I remember you. You know, he was so still sharp. And he said, well, well, well I found out that, you know, you were the one that recommended me to uh, coach Holly down there at College of the Ozarks. And I never got a chance to thank you for that. And, uh, and I, you know, I shook his hand and he, you know, and he was, you know, very gracious to, you know, <laughs> that I came over to, you know, thank right. him for that. But, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was something. Yeah, back in those days, I mean, a, a good good word from Virgil Fletcher went a long way. I mean, he was so legendary there yeah. at Collins. I mean, he was so legendary. You know, John Wooden came to St. Louis, and you know that story, don't oh, you? No, huh? Yeah, I John Wooden came to St. Louis, came flew in to meet Virgil Fletcher so that he wow. could teach John Wooden his famed half-court press. That's, I never knew that. That's facts. I, I actually talked to a gentleman I worked out in the gymnasium with. He picked John Wooden up at the airport. That's amazing. No, I did not know that. Yeah, he came to. Yeah, he came in. He flew in to meet Virgil Fletcher to to learn about that half court press. I can tell you about it. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was it was something was smothering. It was something. It's good for Collinsville. Yeah, it was good for, for yeah, yeah, good for Collinsville. Yeah, uh, we experienced it. Yeah, so. So what was the other story you said when we were talking about Virgil? You want to get into that or no? Or? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of how funny things work out. Uh, my junior year, uh, after my junior year, I got invited to uh, a basketball camp at University of Iowa. Okay. At the time, Lute Olson was the coach. Okay. Yeah. I remember going to that basketball camp, and I was there. Uh, Coy Nunn, who was the basketball coach at the at East St. Louis, was taking a player, and I rode to Iowa with Coach Nunn, and he was going to work at the camp as well. And it was me and an East St. Louis player, and we ended up being roommates. And so there at that camp, it was a, it was a. You know, it was it was it was it was blue chippers. It was blue chippers there. I remember this and this guy named Antonio Anthony Brown or Antonio Brown. He was out of Chicago, 
and this guy could just jump out of the gymnasium. And uh, I watched him just take off from the half-court line and just dunk it, you know, like, wow. wow. And uh, there was another guy, pretty, pretty, pretty well-known now, but he was now and then. He was only a sophomore there. And the University of Iowa was really courting him as a sophomore. His name happened to be Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah. And I got, you know, and, you know, so got to catch, you know, play with guys like this. And so anyway, I remember kind of having these dreams of, man, it'll be, not, you know, I didn't know if I was good enough to go, you know, and they, I had never heard from University of Iowa at all. And so. Uh, I didn't think anything of it, you know. So I went on down to College of the Ozark, played my little basketball. And so about my sophomore year, I was home from spring break. My sophomore year, I was home for spring break, and I was watching the NCAA tournament. And I was watching, a, uh, and and uh, the University of Iowa was in the Final Four. And there was a guy that was playing for University of Iowa. His name was Kevin Boyle. And he was starting for the University of Iowa and I absolutely just murdered this guy at this basketball camp. Wow. Back back my junior year. I was just, I mean, he was guarding me and I was killing him. And and so I was looking at him like, man, this guy, <laughs> I, I was and he's at the you know, you know, and I, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. But, but then my grandmother came in the room and she said, Hey, uh, what you watching? I said, oh, I'm watching the Final Four, NCAA. And she said, well, who's playing? I said, I'm watching University of Iowa. She said, University of Iowa. Said, you know what? She said, Raph, you left for college. A coach from the University of Iowa called the house and wanted to know if you had if you had pl- found anywhere to play. Oh, man. And I told him. And I told him, you know, yeah, he he he's he's he got a scholarship and playing basketball. At, you know, at a college in Arkansas, she said, well, you next time you talk to him, tell him wish, we wish you good luck because we really wanted him. And you never knew that until that day? I never knew it till that day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you you, you, you might have transferred out of the I would have transferred in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would have, she would have called me that day and said, <laughs> hey, the university. But she didn't know. I, I mean, I, I had a fit. I had a fit. I said, Granny. I said, do you realize, and I was like, do you realize if you would have called me, I could have been right there and you could have been watching me on TV. I just went on a tangent. <laughs> I went on a tangent, but that was one of those kind of like you know, the, the fish that got away kind of story. Right. You know? so, wow. It's turned out all right for you, though. I oh, mean, yes. College of the Ozarks, you know, you yeah, talk about that experience, and obviously you got to degree in English there which yeah and then we'll get to that too how English led to your your career because it's a little different than an English degree but yeah yeah just talk about the College of the Ozarks and how that got you rolling on on the rest of your life well I well the thing that sold me about signing up for College of the Ozarks is that the that the coach said that you know the, the this upcoming basketball season he was he had a he had two tournaments scheduled one was called the Glacier Classic in Anchorage, Alaska. There was two tournaments out there. One was the Sea Wolf Classic, and the other one was called the Glacier Classic. And we were we were in the Glacier Classic in Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, and then we left from Anchorage, Alaska, and we flew to Hawaii. <laughs> 
So when he told me about this, I was like, yeah, sign me up, you know, because it was awesome, like, you man. know, you know, as get a kid, to see both places. Got to yeah. go get, you know, we dress for two climates and uh, wow. And 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 here's the here's the cool thing about we were staying at this hotel in Anchorage, Alaska called Golden Lion. I think it's what it was called. And um, we were in this because we were in we were in this NAIA because our coach had connections. We were in this. We were the only NA, and it no longer exists because it's National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, NAIA. Mm-hmm. We were the only team. Every, everything else was just was Division One. And our first draw was the University of Illinois. Oh, wow. And University of Illinois had Eddie Johnson, Neil Bresnahan, there's a couple other good players, <laughs> and they were ranked third in the nation at the time. And we lost 88-82. Wow. Played them that tough. We huh? almost upset them. Man. We even got in Sports Illustrated. Just just mentioning how that, you know, that the number three ranked team held on, almost got upset by a little small college, College of the Ozarks, you know, so that was just, and then getting to, uh, once I got it, and we were all like checking in at the same time, and uh, I remember Lou Henson came up to me, he said, hey, you know, he, he remembered me, you know, because Lou had came to watch Kevin that night, we got massacred. Oh. Right, yeah. <laughs> One of our home games that we got massacred. He came and watched Kevin Stallings. And so, so Lou said, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, how you doing? He said, yeah. So, so he came up and talked to me and, you know. And, huh, very cool. And then uh, we all ended up going, it's so funny, University of Illinois, College of the Ozark players, and we all end up at a McDonald's in Anchorage, <laughs> Alaska for our after-game meal. <laughs> 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 yeah. So so now uh talk about like you said you get your English degree from there yeah. but so how does that turn into a uh law enforcement law enforcement well, career? Okay. <laughs> okay. Back so to Alton police. Yeah. So I I I switched my major from from physical education because it was one of those just kind of the things where you just stay eligible. It keeps you eligible. Physical education just keeps you eligible, keeps you right. playing. I mean, there was times that, you know, you show up for a class. You know, you took a class called golf. And you show up yeah. two times and you end up getting an A. Yeah, right. You know, because, you know, because it's like, and I, and I wanted to challenge myself. And so I went to my advisor, and my advisor gave me this aptitude, some kind of aptitude testing, and found out that I had great English skills. You know, I had, I had strong English, you know. And so she recommended switching my pro, my major to English, which was very, very challenging. But I, you know, but and so I ended up with an English degree. And so I did my student teaching prior to graduating. And uh, and student teaching just left a bad taste in my mouth. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. All that lesson plans and just everything. It was like, ah. Uh, you know, I spent a semester in the classroom, and it got so bad, and this, this teacher was really, really hard on me, and I was almost ready to just quit the English program, and my my advisor said, no, you can't quit, you can't. So they fixed it up and sent me to another school. I finished up my practical at an elementary school. Okay. That's kind of crazy, because then I ended up being a dare officer in an elementary school, yeah. and I had all this classroom experience, so I was a step ahead of all the police officers. So anyway... 
So once I come home, I have this English degree. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I could, you know, I'm looking for something maybe in elementary or or middle, you know, middle school. I definitely want to go to high school. There was nothing. There was no openings. All they had was substitute jobs. So, uh, and I didn't want to substitute because I needed like steady work. Right. And right. so I ended up getting a job at the Mass County Detention Home. Oh, okay. And uh, so this was prior to getting hired on at the yeah. old PD. Mm-hmm. I got a job at the Mass County Detention Home as a as a court and probation services officer, and I did that for a year, and then I got transferred to the Mass County Detention Home. And at the Mass County Detention Home, that's when an opening came up for the Alton Police Department. So, uh, okay, I, I, you know, I, I had about that time I was married and had a child, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to really be a good provider. The money I was making at the detention home wasn't helping me provide like I wanted to. So, the salary there didn't seem like much at the time, but you know, back there in, in the early eighties, it was much more, it was like five, $6,000 more uh, a year that I was making at the detention home. So, so I applied to that and, uh, they were hiring five officers and I was, I, I made it to the top and made it in the top five and the rest is history. You know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, how many years was it on the force? Um, I always round five, I think. Well, I rounded up to twenty five. It was twenty four and a half, but I always say twenty five. It was twenty four years and about seven months. Retired yeah. on your birthday, right? Yes, I retired <laughs> on my birthday. So yeah, I mean, and you talked about, you know, some of the things you did. You were a, you know, you were a patrol officer, and then worked as a detective in the investigation division, and then ultimately went on to become a dare officer. And school resource officer for the Alton School District. You yes. did that for seven years. Yeah. Talk maybe let's focus on that and talk about that getting back to to Alton High, your roots, and yeah. using that English degree and it, some of those things that you were able to do as a dare officer. Yeah, it was so funny. One of the things once I one of the things I really admired as a as a kid growing up in high school was seeing the school. We called them the school. It was it was actually school liaison officer back in the day. Mm-hmm. It changed, you know a little further down the road to school resource officer, but it was school liaison officer. And I always looked at those guys. These guys were walking around in a suit and everything like that. And I was like, hey, that's got to be pretty cool. So once I got on the police department, it was thinking, you know what, that's one of my goals. I want to go back to the high school that I graduated from and be a school liaison officer. And so things worked out and I was able to get there. I was, I was finally, I got, I got a transfer to detectives, and from detectives, the chief, who used to be my sergeant in patrol, and that's kind of like one of those things, and they kind of take care of your people. Right. So he put me in uh, there and had me go to uh, become the school liaison officer. But it was one caveat. He said, you can only, we just going to send you there for a year. And I was like, a year? It's like, yeah, because after that, we're going to put you in the D.A.R.E. program. I was like, I don't want to go to the D.A.R.E. program. I'm like, well, you ain't got a choice. You know, you got to go to the D.A.R.E. program. So <laughs> I went to the D.A.R.E. program, fell in love with it, loved being a D.A.R.E. officer. And if, you know, I know we're going to jump forward into the, if you don't allow me to jump forward into the, just show you how sometimes things work out when you don't really know how things work out. Because exactly, you know, yeah. God got a way of making things work out in, in your life. And so seven years being a D.A.R.E. officer. So when it's time for me to run for mayor, well, guess what? 
There's seven worth seven years worth of kids whose lives I impacted, whose lives I touched, who were now voting adults. Right. Helped you out a lot. Helped me out a whole lot. We started a Dare Officers for Dave face no no Dare Students for Dave Facebook page, and you had kids. Tr- I had I had people I had a, I had a one of my former Dare students who was living in Colombia. He set up a a text a a, 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 go, a go out and vote text page. Said so you text this number, it'll pop up and vote for David Goins, and or it will, or you text to give you another number. He text a number in and to tell you when the early voting started. And he was a, and he remember the impact that that I made on his life as a kid, and so. There were students that was from all over the country, basically in different parts of the world, that were going back, you know, sending messages on Facebook back to their family saying, now, David Goins was my dare officer and and vote for for him. You know, I can't vote for him because I live here, but it was encouraging their family members and encouraging their friends. And so so that was just like. If I, you know, if I had just really fought being that dare pro, you know, being in that dare program, you never know what would have happened. Right. Yeah, it's funny how how that stuff works, and that's why it's yeah. important. I mean, it kind of goes back. We'll go back. You, you leave a, have an impact on somebody's lives, and how how important that is to you. It goes back to the same thing with Virgil Fletcher with you. I yeah. mean, all those years later, you made it a point to get across on the other side of that gym just to thank him because yes. he he did something life changing for you yes, that he, he didn't did. have to do. He didn't have to do it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it comes back, and then obviously, you know be remiss if we didn't talk about your work as a as a pastor too that yes. was another big part of what your career yeah. has been too yes yes i was yeah i was uh when i was on the police department i you know i i was i felt a calling to ministry when i was in college um and so right after i graduated i i i i accepted the call and then um just just got you know just went through the you know the training you know different things like that and eventually was ordained in 1988 and c- continued to grow you know spiritually and and positionally until I was um in a position where I was assistant pastor at a church when I felt the uh the call to, to pastor and about that time I was I was, yeah, I was still on the police department and it was funny because I always I felt this calling, but I said it was going to be hard to do that as a patrolman because you worked all these swing shifts. Right. And so I got promoted to the community services officer. And that was Monday through Friday weekends off. And the moment I got that, that's when this opportunity came to pastor this church. And so I was kind of what they call a bivocational pastor. I worked a, you know, a regular a secular job along with the pastor in the church and I did that for up until I retired and then I you know I took a year off after I retired but then I ended up going back working for security uh, at uh, first at St. Anthony's Hospital and then um, then for then for the Park and Recreation Department and then okay. for BJC Healthcare Security okay. and um, then I went you know then then all of a sudden, you know, this this notion comes to my head about running for mayor. Yeah, and I mean, you know, here you now you've become the you know the first African American mayor yes. of Alton, and 
I mean, That's, just talk about. I mean, as you look back on it now, is it kind of surreal? You know, coming from a, a a basketball player and doing all that, and then through all the different things you've done, and to be yeah. sitting in this position right now. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It is. You took the words out of my mouth. It's surreal. It's surreal, uh, and just just knowing the legacy that you know can can never you know be taken away you know it it never dawned on me the whole time I was campaigning I never talked about it I never actually thought about it actually it didn't even cross my mind until that night that I won and somebody came up and said hey you know you're the first African-American I said what I didn't realize it until the night I won. I didn't realize it until after you'd won either, and it blew my mind to yeah. even think about that. I was like, what? Yeah. And then I thought about that word legacy, and, and, you, and you think about, wow, you know what? From that day forward, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, that's one thing, you know, when, you know that's one thing I, you can't take away. There's a lot of things that didn't happen in life. I missed out on the University of Iowa. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that woulda, shoulda, coulda. I said, but you know, when you leave a legacy, first of all, for your family, when you make history, no matter if you, if I run and win or if I lose, you know, if I, if I, you know, decide to run again, you know, there's something that you cannot take away from me, and that is, I was the first African American to be elected as mayor in the city of Alton, which was a town that was established in 1837. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, and so when, you know, now you look at my house, you know, it'll go down, you know, I don't know if they'll, what, what if, if it'll it, it make a historic tour or not, but if <laughs> it does, they'll say that's the home of the, first african-american mayor that's where he lived and i at my church i told my church even when i made the decision to retire to you know devote full time to this to, to, to this position i said but it's one thing you can't take away there's there will be a history will always be connected because of the fact that when they look back in history look back in time when they mention David Goins as the first African-American mayor, they'll mention Morningstar Missionary Baptist Church because he was the pastor of that church when he was elected as the first African-American mayor. And so even though I'm leaving, we'll be forever connected. Did um, Do you look back at your career in athletics and, and some of that in, in, uh, in sports, maybe some of the organization and things that you learn and how to work as a team and build relationships with people through basketball. How much of that do you think helped you get to where you are today? Well, obviously being, being part of the, being part of the team, teamwork, you know, they, you know, I, I always think about when Michael Jack, Michael Jack, but Michael Jordan, when he, somebody was trying to tell him that there's no I in team. But he said, "But there's an I in win, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but but that's that's so funny to me. But um, just learning teamwork and being able to understand, especially the transition from high school basketball to college basketball, when I went to from being the guy 
in high school to being one of the guys mm-hmm. in college. In college, yeah. You know, I went from being the first option in high school to being maybe the third or fourth option in high school, in, in college. college. Yeah. But it happens a lot. Guys have to deal with that, and that's that's kind of a change. It's for a everybody. change. Yeah. But you know what? I still was on the starting five. Mm-hmm. I, I started, you know, I didn't. I was coming off the bench as a freshman and logging in 13, 14 minutes a game. And then my, 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 I cracked the starting lineup sometime down in my, my sophomore year and, and continued to be a starting lineup. But they were just guys that were just like, they would find these guys that were like, I, you know, hey, I'm happy to feed you the ball. I'm happy to, you know, hit a jumper on the outside, you know. Uh, you know, and, and that that learned the whole aspect of it's not about me. You know, it's about the team. And I didn't matter, you know. If I scored two points or 12 points, you know, what mattered was we got the W. Have you thought much about what you're going to say the night of the banquet on March 20th? To these kids, I haven't, and I was gonna because I was thinking about asking you <laughs> what do I mean. Is I mean, because you know, public speaking is not a problem, you know, I've done public speaking, right? Ever, you know, forever. Um, and so speaking in front of a crowd is never, but normally you get a little format, you get a like a theme, like you know, a theme or. Or something, they'll kind of give you some talking points to say, we'd like you to hit this and hit that and hit that. But I haven't received any of that, and so I don't, I'm kind of just in my mind trying to wonder, you know, what do I do, you know? And then I was thinking about just tying in life with basketball. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're, you're an example. One of the reasons why we wanted you there, you're an example of someone who, you know, has, you know, taken the basketball career and made a really interesting and, you know, um, very good life off of it, you know. I mean, I mean, through law enforcement, you know, the ministry, and now politics, I mean, all that coming from a start as a, you know, basketball player at West Middle School for yeah. Alton High School. I mean, that's yeah. that's impressive, yeah. and I think and it shows these kids, you know, I mean, even the, the story about, you know, how you got to College of the Ozarks and, I mean, some of that kind of yeah. stuff, all that stuff, yeah. you know, is great. And I, and I have to kind of go back a little further, too, because – my seventh grade year is when the first time you know I tried out I tried out for basketball in the sixth. Well, you didn't try out for basketball in the sixth grade. You just went out for basketball. Right. There was no tryouts. If you wanted to play, you'd be on the team. And so, but seventh grade was like you had to try out. And my first coaches were were Dave DeLauder and Ed Hightower. Oh wow, wow, two guys I know pretty well. Dave DeLauder is my favorite all time teacher. Yes, yeah. And, uh, and Ed, and Ed, well Ed, Ed yeah. became a mentor to me. He became like a father figure because the year before, the summer before my seventh grade year, I lost my father. Okay. My mother had passed when I was seven. So I was living with my grand, like my grandmother. Like I said, she's my hero. Uh, but 
many reasons. But anyway, even though Ed was, you know, he was probably in his mid twenties, late early twenties. But, you know, I just, he, he was like a father figure to me. And he, he really instilled, he was hard on me too. And that's something he was hard on me, but, (laughs) but he instilled a work ethic in me. And he was just, just been a pivotal person in my life from that from that day forward to now yeah that's good to know he he was a speaker a few years yeah. ago at our banquet mm-hmm. yeah he came back you know and i mean yeah you know he he's got so many stories about you know, oh, everything he's been through and yeah. basketball obviously yes being a referee but uh you know he tied all that in with being superintendent of schools and yeah how he you know reached these kids and tried to help mold them and everything mm-hmm. i mean so you know yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you got, you got plenty to work with when you're yeah. standing up there for yeah. sure. So, well, I know, uh, you know, you're a busy man. You got other things to do here. So I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we're excited to hear you speak that night on March 20th. Anybody that wants to come that night, um, I mean, you know, if your players are all be there, and we're gonna, like I said, bring back some of the past winners. But anybody from the community that wants to come, 6 p.m. March 20th at the Best Western Premier Hotel in Alton. It's $25 for a dinner that night. You'll get to see, you know, all these local basketball players win awards. And uh, we have a special service award we're going to be handing out to somebody in the community. And we'll have all the past winners there. And you'll get to listen to Mayor David go and speak. So, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. This, this, This has been great. Thank you so much. Tune in next time on Coach Speak when Bill Roseberry sits down with Pat Keith. And he's pretty well known in the Riverbend, too. Your, your resume. I was, okay. I was assistant coach at Roxana first. Oh, okay. Then Marquette for a little bit, then Alton. Or then Greenfield, then Alton. Yeah, then Roxana again, the head coach, and then Southwestern, yeah. That's next time on Coach Speak, presented by Edward Jones Financial Advisor Steve Medford.